Hey folks, it's Mike from Profiling Evil. I've been studying criminal behavior for more than 40 years, and one of my favorite research tools is Truthfinder. It's online, and you're not going to believe the information stored there. So if you want to know more about that new neighbor, your babysitter, or your online date, give Truthfinder a try. I'm including a special link below with special discount pricing, but you got to click the link and enter Evil 10 at checkout. Now, we're an affiliate, which means we get a small commission, but you can cancel at any time. Well, everybody has their own set of triggers when it comes to being frustrated or perhaps even angry. These feelings of anger bubble to the surface when we negatively interpret and react to certain situations. It might be when we're threatened or attacked, frustrated, or when we're feeling powerless. Or it might happen when we're being treated unfairly or being disrespected. But all the situations that frustrate us Don't give us justification to break the law. Well, welcome to Profiling Evil Season 3 of the Academy and this episode on human aggression and violence. Now, if you're one of my university students, welcome back. And to those of you who are Profiling Evil channel members... Thanks so much for your ongoing support. And for those of you that are new to the channel, please take a minute. Hit that like and subscribe button and ring the bell so that you get all of our notifications. And remember, folks, you can catch Profiling Evil podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. And make sure you check us out on the World Wide Web at ProfilingEvil.com. Now, today we're going to talk about that finute line that exists between normal frustration, anger, and when it becomes personal and crosses over the line into criminal behavior. Now, aggression is classified as overt or covert social interaction with the intent of inflicting some kind of harm on another person. The real scary thing about aggression is that it can be channeled without provocation. If you watch interactions on TV where angry crowds are talking with the press, you might hear things like, I was disrespected, or we're not going to stand for this kind of treatment any longer. Well, human aggression can be classified into direct and non-direct aggression. The former is characterized by these physical and verbal behaviors intended again to cause harm to others. The latter by aggressive behaviors that, again, are intended to harm through social interaction (laughs) or directly against an individual. Now, your social science professor might describe it as an unpleasant interaction with another, but it always includes the intent to physically or emotionally harm another person. The experts suggest that aggressive behavior serves as this stress release, a kind of a subjective feeling of power. Aggression can take a number of forms, which could be expressed physically, communicated verbally, and communicated non-verbally. Well, some of these examples might include the type of aggression we see in anti-predator situations, basically fear that induces aggression. The list can become really long, though, and I want to include things like territorial aggression for our discussion, especially as we talk about criminal behavior, predatory aggressions. The bottom line seems to me that aggression is the result of uncontrolled frustrations. 
And acting out aggressiveness seems to be its own kind of reward. I mean, the real measurement of aggression is whether the aggression is hostile and reactive or responsive. So let's explore those just a little bit. And to illustrate this a little more clearly, I'm going to talk about the latter first. Let's go back to my early days as a patrol officer working graveyard shifts. Over the course of a number of years, I became really close with the officers that I worked with. Our squad worked the same shift for three months at a time before getting changed or getting the chance to go to a different kind of shift. Now, many of us preferred to work the night shift because it really presented an entirely different kind of policing. Like any profession where employees get close to one another, there were often snide remarks jokes, and from time to time, orchestrated pranks that were intended to scare the other person. For instance, it wasn't uncommon for an officer to pull a prank on another officer, causing them to jump out of surprise. On one such night, I remember one of those officers that I was working with hiding around the corner of a building while we were searching it. As I rounded the corner, He jumped out in front of me and screamed, hoping to elicit a groan, maybe even hoping I'd fall on the ground trying to get away. Well, to both of our surprise, my response to his prank was to punch him in the face. It it was an incredibly aggressive act. But more importantly, folks, my response was a reaction based on a perceived threat and maybe some training. I have to admit, I was startled beyond description, but this is an example of responsive aggression. Now, with that in mind, let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum and think about predatory aggression. When casting this example alongside criminal behavior, I want you to think of somebody who interacts with another with the sole intention of inflicting damage or harm to them. It can be either emotional or physical harm. And an example of this hostile uh, aggression would be a person who punches someone that insulted them just because it made them mad. But the experts teach us that these kinds of factors, including others like gender, play an important role in human aggression. There are a lot of theories out there that try to explain this, but the common theme I've found is that male aggression tends to produce pain or physical injury, whereas female aggression, that tends to cause psychological or social harm. And I'd really be interested in your thoughts on this particular comment, folks. I hope you'll take a moment, especially as we think about this idea of men going to a fist, women attacking emotionally. Uh, Go back and put your comments down below. Think about this. Read each other's comments and respond. And make sure that you're respectful to each other as you're going to respond here. I'm going to enjoy looking at your comments on this particular topic. Hey, and let's just take a moment and listen to this short video by Josh Friedman of SixSeconds.org. It's on the best way to handle angry people. And don't forget to subscribe to Josh's channel for some great tips on leveraging emotional intelligence. You can find those guys at at six seconds. Let's listen in. What's the best response when someone's angry with you? It's so difficult when you think somebody's angry at you and 
it's painful to figure out how to resolve the situation. Now, first I want to say that if you're in an abusive situation, please get help. You can and you deserve help. For the rest of us in our normal interactions, when somebody's angry at us, often we end up escalating into greater conflict. Sometimes we shut down, sometimes we attack, sometimes we run away. Fight, freeze, and flee. That's our amygdala reacting. In that mode of reactivity, it's really hard to handle the complexity of emotion of anger. So there are a couple of key points that I want to give you. One is to remember that feelings are not the same as thoughts and actions. We conflate them all the time. We say things like, I feel like you're not listening to me. That's a thought. Or we say, this person spoke to me in an angry way. Well, speaking is an action. So if you can distinguish between these and really get the idea that the feeling is the internal emotional temperature, the thought is the way we're evaluating and assessing the situation, and the action is what we're doing. If we can tease those apart, we can actually handle the anger in a really constructive, helpful way by validating and saying, I get that you're angry. I hear that anger. Let's talk about it. It helps if you understand what anger is really all about, and we have a video that will explain it to you. But the key thing here is to not just reject the anger. Reject and challenge the thoughts and the actions. Set limits on what you'll allow to be done near and to and with you in the actions. Set limits about the degree to which you're willing to confront fallacies of thinking or somebody misunderstanding. But don't confront the anger as a threat. Confront the anger as a message. Somebody's struggling with something. They're feeling angry because there's something in their way. And if you can get on the same side as them and help them say, yeah, that sounds hard. There's something challenging going on here. Can I help you find a way through it? You're going to solve this problem with anger and you're going to become allies. You're going to move closer together with this person because you're going to be in support of addressing the underlying challenge that that anger is talking about. I think it's really interesting to point out that these differences transfer in some ways over to sports. In examination of men's and women's sports, there appears to be an equal level of this need-to-win attitude. But there, too, women seem less likely to engage in hostility, while men have a higher propensity for assault. Now, most men would argue that this is because men average about 20 times higher levels of testosterone than women. I suspect that's probably a real accurate understanding of why that happens. But statistically, in situations involving domestic violence, men are usually the predator. Now, recent studies are indicating that there's an increasing number of women that are being arrested in domestic violence cases, but men generally are the predator. In many U.S. states, women now account for a third of all domestic violence arrests, though, and that's up from about 10% 10 years ago. So that's a big jump. These new statistics reflect a reality 
that was documented in research that women are perpetrators as well as victims of family violence. Now, some argue that the number isn't increasing, but this statistical swing has more to do with the common acceptance for men to report female violence cases. In other words, men are becoming a little more comfortable calling law enforcement and saying, I was beat by this woman. Again, I'm going to look for your comments on this one. And in keeping with that constant discussion that we have around nature versus nurture, there's also good evidence that suggests that our genes and our environment may cause some of these aggressive behaviors. There's no question, folks, that Assault crimes increase on the hot summer nights compared to winter nights where the temperatures are much colder. But again, I think those are things that are worth exploring. The bottom line is that there will always be people who try to blame their aggressive behaviors on something other than their evil decision to exert power, control, and dominion over another person. Now, we could put as much frosting on this as we'd like, but I believe that it still boils down to making a decision. I believe, regardless of the situation that you were raised in, that the majority of people understand what society standards are, and it's the criminal that chooses to act out to hurt and punish others and violate those standards regardless. Some scholars believe that behaviors like aggression may be partially learned by watching and imitating aggressive people's behavior. Others conclude that witnessing bad behavior has little effect on how the viewer reacts later in life about their situation. There's also research that questions whether playing violent video games, participating in youth violence or bullying has any effect on these things. I just can't get a sense of this, but one study suggests there's a smaller effect of violent video games on aggression than's been found on television violence on aggression. So in fairness, we got to think about what the researchers conclude, and, and that is that there's insufficient evidence to link video game violence and sometimes television violence with aggression. This just doesn't sit well with me, though, and I'm going to be interested in your thoughts on this particular matter. I mean, do you think witnessing violence, participating in violent video games, or even participating in some forms of violence during your youth can negatively impact your ability to show empathy and compassion? Put your answer down below, and once again, read over each other's, respond to each other, and be respectful in the way that you respond. Well, here's something that this group of experts seem to agree on, and it pertains to aggressive behavior. The American Academy of Pediatrics says the best way to prevent aggressive behavior is to give your children a stable, secure life with firm, loving discipline and full-time supervision. So here you go. What are your thoughts? Would you please take a moment and enter them down below? This episode is part of the Profiling Evil Academy Season 3. And it's a great opportunity for you to take some time and read over the comments of others, study the resource material that I put down below, and learn as much as you can about this particular topic. I hope that you're enjoying this and that you'll take time to share Profiling Evil's Academy with your friends. 
please make sure you're hitting that like and subscribe button and ring the bell so you're getting all of our notifications on other videos just like this one. And thanks again for supporting Profiling Evil. We'll see you all soon at the next crime scene. Hey folks, it's Mike from Profiling Evil. I've been studying criminal behavior for more than 40 years, and one of my favorite research tools is Truthfinder. It's online, and you're not going to believe the information stored there. So if you want to know more about that new neighbor, your babysitter, or your online date, give Truthfinder a try. I'm including a special link below with special discount pricing, but you got to click the link and enter Evil 10 at checkout. Now, we're an affiliate, which means we get a small commission, but you can cancel at any time.